Welcome everyone to the Clear Tai Chi Mastermind meeting for Friday, February 25th, 2022. I'm Richard Clear, your host for the program. <clears throat> Today's topic is going to be <clears throat> Harry Lake talking about his class, his hour-long class, I think that's the right time frame, at the Clear Tai Chi International Family Gathering that will be June 2nd through 5th in Maryville, Tennessee. And the next, uh, for the next eight, nine, 10 weeks, you're going to have one of each of the people who are presenting on here speaking about their class and, and, and giving you some idea of what those things are and what it kind of gets into and how it pertains or what aspects of Tai Chi it is, depending on all those sorts of things. And the, uh, we are going to be putting them up for you so that if you're seeing this one, you'll see the next one next week, you'll see the next one after that next week, like that. Unless there's an interruption, there will be a couple of times when we won't have a Friday meeting because we've got like a workshop here. And so obviously that week we'll skip um but then we'll be back to it um otherwise the uh if you're interested in attending the clear international family gathering clear tai chi then you will want to go to tai chi gathering.com <clears throat> last year we had a great turnout for it this year we're doing it at the hilton at the airport hilton in knoxville the, the airport knoxville hilton and we've got two uh, essentially ballroom or large conference room type rooms and then a ballroom for the dinner and that kind of a thing. We haven't decided on the panel discussion yet. Last year it was on how you use Tai Chi to help people who have COVID and we had done it enough that it was all evidence-based directly and so we should be having an equally interesting topic this year. Um, the topics are very in-depth on Tai Chi for the most part, but they're all presented with an eye towards you might not have had any Tai Chi before and how we're going to get you from you haven't had anything to, hey, you've got some knowledge now that is functional and useful to you. And so um, I highly encourage you if you want to get into the deep end of the ocean with Tai Chi and you've been timid about it or just haven't done that before and or would like to get around a bunch of our senior instructors, then this is the event. It's um, taichigathering.com. Go there, take a look at it um, and sign up and we hope to see you there. The, uh, all right, taichigathering.com. Today with us is um, Harry Legg, of course, who is in Verona, New Jersey, and he'll be the he'll be the speaker today for for what's going leading the group our group discussion. Hello, Harry. Yep. Hello there, Sifu. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Yep. Good to see you. Uh, it'll be Matt Holker, who is the regional organizer for Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Daniel Hill in Phoenix, Arizona. Yep, that's right. Thank you for having me here. Welcome. Art Don in the Washington, D.C. area. Hi, everyone. I'm in Greenbelt, Maryland. That is 12 miles east of Washington, D.C. Thank you. Sheila Bell in Costa Rica. She can tell you. Hey, what everybody. I'm in Guadalcaste, Costa Rica. Good to be here. Welcome. Phil Chan in Columbus, Georgia. Hello, all. Welcome. 
Martin Schott in Michigan. He's going to tell you which parts. Hi, yeah, it's the Grand Rapids, Lansing, and surrounding areas, Midwest Michigan. Welcome. And Jim Kelly in Boca Raton, Florida. Hello, I'm down in Boca Raton, Florida, and I look forward to enjoy Harry with this conversation. <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, Harry, the, uh, so talk about what's the title of your topic. Uh, the title of the uh, workshop will be Mind Power, E-Skill. Mind Power, E-Skill. And we've got a description up at the TaiChiGathering.com or TaiChiGathering.com. There's a description there. But Harry, and you can use the description to do it. I want you to talk to people about what is this class going to get into? What is what is kind of the, like if you were talking to somebody about the topic as opposed to, hey, you got to read this thing. Talk, talk tell the group what, 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 what is this going to be about? Sure. Okay. Thank you, Sifu. Um, so yeah, rather than read the description just spontaneously in my own words, um, it's going, you're, I'm going to present some of our clear Tai Chi exercises that help you develop your mind or E um, specifically on how to target inside someone else's body at a much, much greater level than you, you likely have perhaps been exposed to. Um, this is going to be very useful when it comes to both healing application and of course, martial application. It also, you can, you can flip it around uh, from the standpoint that you can also learn to feel where someone else's mind is in you. And again, helpful for healing and for martial. Um, and then these exercises um, will also include our clears internal push hands, of course, because that's one of the best ways uh, to work this. And they're, they're also gateway exercises to more advanced skill in using mind over matter. So it goes a whole bunch of places and it's gonna be a lot to do in that hour. I can't wait. Cool. Um, okay, and then go ahead and take the topic and... <laughs> okay, I'll run with it. Um, okay, so what is E? If you Google the definition of E, you get this definition. It's E or intention can be thought of as the active aspect in training. E is the mental ability to fixate on one thing and our intent to do something. It is the driving force behind our movements. It also guides our movements. So that's the official definition. If you look it up on Google, they're not necessarily Tai Chi experts, but that's what they're saying it is. So I, I just wanted to throw it to the group for um, additional definitions or thoughts on what exactly E is, how you explain it uh, to someone that doesn't know. Um, so I'm I, like you do, Sifu. I'm just going to go in the order of who's on my screen. Um, okay. Can I can I start with you, Daniel? Sure, why not? The biggest thing I could probably add to it is it's. Uh, use and context in uh, theory for traditional Chinese medicine, in which the yi is supposed to be connected to the spleen and or stomach. And if you have way too many heavy carbs and too much uh, dairy foods, it sort of creates a dampness in the body, which greatly flicks the spleen and should affect uh, that dampness will kind of give you that foggy mind kind of feeling or you're feeling bogged down, weighed down. Um, so limiting those types of foods or making sure that the spleen is 
digesting correctly is how you're supposed to be able to keep a more clear mind and clear thought pattern. As far as the character of Yi, as far as I'm aware, it more so in common Chinese, granted that it's very different from traditional uh, common Chinese, it's basically more, more your sense of consciousness um, as opposed to subconscious, spirit, etc. Oh, yeah, it's more okay. just your conscious mind and how you choose to do things, basically I just your ability to choose. What you do, okay. Um, I really wouldn't define it any differently than that as far as it's just your consciousness and your ability to choose how you want to direct yourself in your life. And that is why it's important in traditional Chinese medicine, because if you, uh, especially as far as emotions go, if you have too much worry uh, or even basically being worried or scared is how that blocks your mind, blocks your consciousness from proceeding okay. forward. Yes, yeah, like somebody's so again, afraid they can't act properly. Now, now their E is messed up. It's more translated as worry. Fear would be more the kidneys and your aspect of flight or fight response. Uh, so it'd be more like anxiety, maybe, is the best way to word it. But, anxiety, not being in the present moment, constantly thinking of the future and bad, bad things happening. Yeah. So worry affects the spleen and will affect your digestive system and will affect uh, your ability to have your thought in the present moment and be able to proceed forward in a well-directed manner. Okay. I would explain it as it's your consciousness. It's uh, the bridge between your intent to do something and actually doing it. Um, for example, a yeast skill isn't really just your intent to have a yeast skill. You actually have to do it. You can't just intend to do heavy or crushing gin. You actually have to do it in order to have a yeast skill. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Art. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, um, yep. Sorry, uh, Harry, you got this. Um, I was I was taking it in order here, so yeah, but we'll no, go with art. It's all good. Art, oh, please. Sorry. Okay. Um, I was just gonna say that um, it, the way I introduce E is it um, progress from Lee, where in relation to Tai Chi, you you learn the form, the the physical motion of it, and the postures along with, of course, the principles of lightness and relaxation. And, and then from that, with the, the form and the ease of doing it and the flowing and um, the lightness, you get the, the sensation of the chi and the energy flowing. And you feel that in as you do the posture. And, and the E, um, I introduce one way by saying that after you develop this facility with going through the posture, you can actually go through the form just um, sitting and going through the form in your mind, thinking of you open and close, rise and fall, um, single whip, just going through the posture. And again, with the practice of the Lee and the Chi, you get the benefits of doing the, the form physically, and it also helps um, get with the mind-body connection of um, doing the form, and it it works sort of back and forth from the um, with the well the, the lead to the e where you 
you can do the form physically and go go through it in your mind and you can go through the mind through the form in your mind and get the physical sensation of it and it just works and that's um i i, I think um a, a big step in developing e-skills which of course can go on from there but that's sort of my beginning of producing. Yeah. <clears throat> thank you Okay. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you how you distinguish between imagination and E, and the thing you just said, where you're actually getting the physical sensation. There's something actually happening. You know, that's that's how. That's what the difference is. Because you can imagine it and not be getting that physical sensation. Of course, you can imagine enough where you start to get that. But that's the E kicking into it. Right. Yeah. Um, good point. And just again, I you know have to be aware and make sure that the stress actually getting the feeling the benefits sort of physically as I'm just going through it mentally and feel the, the, the energy in the body, which sort of tells me that everything is working together. It's actually doing it, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, let's go to our man in Boca, uh, Raton, Florida, Jim Kelly. <laughs> Thank you, Harry. Yep. I, I'm very similar to what Don mentioned. Um, I. I try to explain it as a, an intent with some sort of a biometric feedback where you want to, again, use your mind or your imagination to add something to a movement or to a feeling within the body, but then you want to test it with some sort of a, a feedback, whether it be the sensation of electromagnetic or or the energetic feeling of warmth or uh, some sort of gauge that you're, you're getting some sort of feedback from the body so that you can, you can just build upon it and, and try to try to confirm that you're actually obtaining what you're looking for. Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, Mark. Actually, I, I'm going to bounce my idea off from you guys because when I originally when I originally explained this, I probably was a little unsure when I when I explain it to the students I have now. And so when I start getting new students in now that COVID's wrapping up, uh, I had put some thought into that because it's kind of hard to explain to someone who has no concept. Um, and so for a beginner, uh Kind of the definition I had in mind was that it was uh, E state, intellectual mind state is uh, concentration, observation, and the focused application of will. And then yeah. kind of walk them through it. But uh, sometimes I guess the best example, because I, I like visual examples, something they can relate to like uh, in culture. And so my first thought when I think of those things is uh, the scene from Kill Bill, when Uma Thurman is paralyzed from being in the coma and she crawls into the truck and she's sitting there going, move the big toe, move the big toe for 18 hours and the toe moves. That's, yeah, that's actually, she did that in the hospital bed. She wasn't in the truck yet. Yeah, yeah. So that idea of, you know, just focusing and all of a sudden it twitches. And you got it. Do you know what I mean? 
yeah. that's that's really make that's that mental the, connection to it to get it yeah, to yeah yeah mental connection so does that sound like that would be an okay for a beginner yeah i mean it's not terrible if they've okay. seen bill bill there is that <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point actually uh i'm getting to the point where that movie is older than some of the students probably <laughs> oh that's sad yeah that makes me uh, okay thank you mark uh sheila in costa rica all right sorry i had to get my mute off so um in the interest of meeting them where they're at yeah i'd like to introduce the terms li chi and yi like right off the get-go but I often kind of fall back. I'm actually a biologist and I was a science teacher for 15 years. So a lot of times I end up talking about, you know, how the brain directs the nervous system, but you have to have the ATP in order for the muscles to move and all this kind of thing. But um, I do like to use the terms like saying chi follows a yi, you know, the li follows the chi. And that way they're getting used to, a, it's a different paradigm to explain something everyone has experienced. You know, you have command control and then you have to have energy and, and then you get the reaction, right? So that's for a beginner. Then if the student's a little more advanced, then we start talking about how you can actually direct the chi, right? Not just in, in light of this is my intention and therefore, you know, there's a vehicle which allows that to happen so much as I can use the mind to direct where the she's going and what it does when it gets there. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. And uh, final here, Atlanta, Dr. Phil. Hello. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, I, I haven't been teaching since COVID. So the uh, issue of explaining to students hasn't come up. Hold on. You've been teaching yourself, though. Mm. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, right. Quite a bit. So, and I know that. So, when you're working on your own stuff and you're having an issue where maybe E is coming in, has come into play, that you needed to have better E or do something with E. And I guarantee that's happened in the last two years. Sure. What, tell us something about that. Sorry, I know that was out of the blue, huh? <laughs> it's, like, it's, a it's a list. Go. You know? It's a it's a different it's a different question. Yeah, it's a different question. Well, just you're just, um, that's all. So that, no, that's a, actually I I have kind of a simplistic response to that. Um, in that um, sort of the chi. First, you practice physical movements and alignments, and then the, you feel the chi as a natural result of that. And you don't have to think about that much. It just, you just get the alignment and then it happens. And then, so for me in training, the next step is now I need to actually use my mind, not just my alignment, but use my mind to move the chi around. So in how I use it, that's 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 my experience of you. Okay, all right. So a question about that, and a couple things there. Um, 
So if you've got where you can feel your chi, but you're trying to get your mind to push it, I find that A, isn't really how the Chinese medicine works for the most part. And it's, it's, it's quite a bit more difficult. If you focus your mind, the chi starts going, moving towards what your mind is trying to construct or do. Yes. And ultimately they get hooked up enough in the training so that you think it and the energy goes with that. And then the body follows that and it's a natural progression and it gets faster and stronger and all those things. Um, so when you've done it where you're, where you've got, where you can feel the chi and you're wanting to mobilize, would you say that you're, you're currently working at it where you're kind of feeling it more like you're trying to kind of push it or make, make, get the E to form it, shape it, move it. Or are you getting the E to do stuff, but being aware of the chi so that it will properly follow and express as you're desiring? Say that again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you want to paraphrase that for me, Harry? Oh, man. I, there were I, too I, many conditional what if, uh, maybe this and then that and what if. Or I did well, so in one thing. way, you would be like, I want the chi to do something, so I'm going to get my mind behind it and try to get the chi to do something. And that's actually mostly not. And when I say, like, a lot of folks, especially for the Chinese medicine, say that's incorrect as it can get. That doesn't mean that it wouldn't happen sometimes. Doesn't mean somebody wasn't wouldn't try that or do that some. But ultimately, it becomes the E leads. You do whatever it is with the E connected to the chi. Right. Okay. Chi follows. Yeah. Right. The, the, yeah. What you're saying is the Yi doesn't push it. The Yi leads and then the chi follows, right? Yeah. Yeah. So did you have you had ones where when you're working on stuff on your on your own as you tend to do, where um, where you've really had that's come into play somehow, that that's been something you had to wrestle with or do something with or or look at. Well, so I guess the most recent thing, which which was really fun, was um, in our next module where you were talking about uh, smiling and then smiling into your, to your feet. And yes. then all of a sudden, the energy's yeah, there, the foot's that. relaxed. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was like a new experience. That was very, very cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Very. Yeah. So using projecting the mind for the inner smile and having the inner smile follow it. And then you felt the chi have effects because of it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's, and that, the, that's yeah. And then the, the other part of that is when you smile, the, the energy just follows. And if you frown, it doesn't move. So yeah, it's stagnant. But it's that not, whole, that whole inner, inner smile is just, it's, it's really fascinated me because it, it really, it's very appropriate for now with with everything that's happening and it 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 helps you not only practice more effectively but live life a little more peacefully yeah and and uh you know so i, I think the inner smile engenders gratitude and optimism and that's really very helpful nice Cool. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, Matt. Um, I don't have, I, I tend not to, uh, for beginners, uh, I mean, is that primarily the question for beginners? Yeah. How do you introduce it and explain it uh, primarily to those that wouldn't know what it is? I don't 
Um, I, you know, for, for beginners, I mostly don't talk about it. Um, I talk about the fact that, you know, I, I like what Sheila said, I try to meet them where they're at. And so if there's someone kind of coming in the door who has that language and is already asking questions that are pertinent or whatever, then I'll, I'll explain it, you know, much the way that we've talked about it on the call already. But for real beginners who, who don't even know the word E yet, uh, you know, most of the time, if they're interested in that, it's because they heard something about like a mind-body connection. And they know that Tai Chi has something to do with this mind-body connection. And so I'll talk to them about that and kind of how that process works and how the training really activates that connection and allows you to do some interesting things with your mind to influence your body. Um, and so I talk about it in terms of mind a lot. And only when there's a point in the training where they extra kind of have to feel something or distinguish something about the mind apart from the energy. Will I, will I normally like broach that subject or sometimes I will casually drop the word E in class and then I have to explain what I'm talking about, but I normally yeah. say it's your mind. Um, it's the Chinese word for mind. And I try, I don't get a lot more, deeper in detail with that um, conceptually, but obviously we have a number of exercises that put them kind of through mind related skills. And I will point out that, you know, this is an exercise that develops that mind skill for the mind body stuff that we're working on. And that's normally how I kind of broke the subject. Got it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'll, I'll offer my uh, thoughts on this. Um, I like, you know, what you said about we don't need to uh, do this with a, a raw beginner, um, but at the same time, there comes a point when a beginner is somewhat ready for it. So it will be yeah. new to them as, as a, a beginner. Um, one of the other things that just personally hit me, and I hadn't thought about this till you were uh, talking about it, Matt, was um, I had been with uh, another school many years ago um, taking Tai Chi for I thought I was taking Tai Chi for a couple of years or so. And then I go to the Tai Chi Gala event that used to exist up in Albany, New York. And I met Sifu Clear there. Um, and all of these terms are just flying over my head. Pong, Lu, Jian, Yi, blah, blah. And I'm like, huh? Why don't I know any of this? I thought I was taking Tai Chi for the last two years. They told me to stand on my best Wu Chi posture. I didn't even know what that was. That's how bad it was. And so I'm standing like a horse stance. Well, I guess this is it. No. Oh my gosh. I'm just, I'm cringing. This explains that. a lot. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So, uh, so I tell my brand new students uh, when these terms come up, um, I say, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not using these terms just for the sake of sound and fancy or none of us are Chinese or whatever, but I don't want you to feel illiterate if you happen to be listening, watching, or you're somewhere else. And I don't want you to be going, Hey, I thought I was learning Tai Chi. Why don't I know any of this? So I said, you'll hear these terms often enough that eventually it'll, they'll click with you and you'll know what it is. So, um, the way I uh, I was introduced, and which is sometimes the way I'll introduce it to a new student, again, depending on where they're at and what we're doing, is the, the real kindergarten method of we're pushing hands. And um, their uh, partner or opponent, a partner, is uh, not being a jerk to them, 
but they're not giving it to them by any means. And they're not using a bunch of higher level skills. If they're a more advanced student, they're just using good, solid Lee and physicality. And the new student, of course, is having some trouble uh, trying to move them. So the kindergarten thing is to go, hey, you see that electrical outlet on the wall right behind them? I want you to put your mind on that and pretend they're not there. And then just go to that outlet. And they usually are moving the person. Uh, and again, the per the, their opponent is not being, uh, you know, really crazy about not letting themselves being moved. And that's like just a super baby skill way of understanding where you can put your mind somewhere and get that to work. So that's, that's how it was introduced to me way on uh, back and sometimes how I'll show it to someone. So um, well, should um, I ask you, Sifu? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... I'm more likely if I'm teaching somebody now, remember they don't let me in front of the beginners hardly ever so <laughs> that, but if I'm talking to somebody and I'm trying to do something, one of the more common ones that I've found that I've used. And, and again, it's not that I've got somebody that doesn't have any training, but you know, um, I'll have the person stand there like in a Wuchi where there's just standing up and they're aligned. And then I'll be like, now relax, like really relax inside. Don't let your structure get broke. This isn't a collapse. It's relaxed. Now I want you to feel that relaxation inside from head to toe. So you're going to be sensing everywhere and you're really looking for anywhere that's not relaxing and what, and then there's different ways and things we do to get them to feel that, to be aware of that. And it's that awareness is an aspect of it's tinging, of course, but you're having to use your E to be aware <clears throat> of where there's tensions or where there's not the relaxing going on. And that kind of a thing. And then if you can feel that in yourself or in someone else, now when people are trying to do things, they'll usually try to physically do stuff. They may as a beginner have to do that. And it's like, okay, but your mind is on there also if you're going to really get to it. So now quit trying to shove it and, and squeeze it and push it and these kind of things and put your mind on the spot, on the area. And then zero, like laser in there a little bit. Not that you're trying to focus to it exactly, but but that your aim is you're aware of the entire area that's got that, and be aware of it fully so that your aim, your mental aim, is at the thing. And then they'll actually be able to feel it dissolve. Like you have just applied E with what you did, and so now and then same same thing inside the other person. I feel they're really stiff there. Okay. We'll get it so that your mind can really investigate that whole area. When you really understand it, when you really feel it fully, now get your mind to pinpoint that area. And when their mind can really get in there, the person will start to move or they'll start to have an effect and then they can see that. And of course, it takes a little bit more usually uh, coaching to get there and, and some understandings and some explanations and all that stuff. But it basically is how to get your E to the spot, kind of like what you said, where it was like the outlet on the wall, except in this case, you're really aiming into and or through the area in yourself or in the other person and then how to really get that. And then usually with the thing we do, and I know you'll be doing this in your class, Harry, monitoring the person so that you can feel where their mind is at so that you can go, no, you're falling short or you're missing the mark or whatever it is that might be off and actually guiding them and or putting my mind in there and doing it. And then they go, I can feel that. And it's like, yes, you can. You know, and then they really start to build the skill off that. So there is something about the hands-on. It can be done without it, but it really does make a difference when people are experiencing that and feeling that. Thank you. And, and um, 
to speak to uh, what I'll be uh, teaching, uh, the exercises and, and the training will help lead you to the path where you can do what Sifu just talked about, where you can feel where that person's mind is or isn't. Um, and you don't get that right away, but this is the progression. Feel your um, own first, and then you yes. can start, and you get to where you can feel theirs and do some of these other things. And it's yeah. not, it's not the simplest, quickest, easiest thing, but it's not like um, quantum physics either, in yeah. terms of difficulty of understanding and doing. I mean, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. So, <laughs> what is your favorite e? skill daniel oh i i wish i had time to think about that oh uh, hmm. if you want a minute more he can he can move to somebody else and then come back to you. whoever wants to volunteer i'm pretty sure everyone else wants to think well i like all of them how do yeah, I? yeah right that's the problem favorite, right uh, it's a favorite yeah so i'm actually a little bit well would you consider would you consider ting to be an aspect of you skill yeah we're gonna absolutely is talk that about that in in a moment <laughs> that will be another yeah because they're related but we'll talk about that yeah there are different aspects to e right when you're really straining it in depth and so and so one of them is the perception aspect of e and then the other one is what i call aim and so like when i was talking a minute ago i was really talking kind of about aim and so if you said perception um and people would go well that's a jing yes well the definition of a jing is that you focus your E into a shape, form, or expression, and the Qi follows that. Now, listening Jing, Ting Jing, is a little different because you're trying to express your mind into the perception, and then your energy helps you to do that, right? And your mind and that kind. But that mind doing that is mind. It's that is the E aspect. Well, then I'm going to have to go with Ting because uh, more and more as that skill builds, I see its uses, especially it building without me having to really, I don't know, try. I had a phone call with uh, last week with my friend in China who's helping to do the translations, and he never had an interest in Tai Chi before he started helping to translate. And I'm like, well, while we're on the phone, let me just teach you one or two things. And I could, uh, maybe it was maybe the third time I corrected him on what he was doing. He was like, wow, you're really accurate. And I'm like, wait, I'm not even trying to read you. How is this happening? That's right. Because usually when I'm like, okay, let me feel into you. Let me uh, see how you're doing this. But this time it was just so casual. And it just was one of those things. It was softer. So it actually, when you have built some skill, it's normally going to work massively better because the other one, there's a tension there and the tension is going to cut the skill like quick. So you can all say ting. Everybody could come out and say ting or a bunch of you. Uh, if you do it, use a specific, what your specific more favorite skill of that is. Make sure it does pertain back to E. Okay. For ting, I, I would say... Probably well, so yours done. was you were able to specifically feel inside of his body, and that was your mind, you know, to do that. Your yeah. knee to do that. So that that makes complete sense. Yeah. For his breathing and heavy gin, which is what I just tried to just get him to raise his arms and do heavy gin and be able to breathe into different areas, so I could feel like okay, you're doing heavy with your arms, but you don't have any heaviness in your fingertips, or yeah, you're breathing into your legs in the front, but not the back. You have to get it. All the way around um 
I'd say with Ting, it's it's more being able just to see, walking around, seeing people, being able to say, oh, I can see this and that on them without really having to try, you know, what's off, their shoulder is off, their hip is off, or uh, whatever it is. Uh, being able to understand people in that way. So, I was, so and that's, that's a visual thing, it sounds like. So where does your E come into play in that? And I think it does, but it, but it didn't, I don't know that you actually said it. Because I'm seeing something that's deeper than just the surface. Oh, yeah, like inside. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So you're saying mind's eye is seeing this, even though you are visually looking at the surface. Yeah, and not, not even trying. Just, yeah, just kind of penetrates in. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Jim. Hello, Jim. There yep. we are. Yep, I'm here. I'm here. Um, I just, you know, one of the things that I I wanted to bring to light also is that a lot of people that are skeptical of this whole experience of ye, especially for a lot of the hard stylists. I I think I first, without knowing what it was, experienced this. The, the concept of Yi when I started out with, uh, with the, the Shotokan karate. And it was a big thing back then, you know, it was in, in the 70s, I guess, <laughs> to, to be able to, to break boards. And, you know, the, the Shotokan instructor who had some background in the, in the Tai Chi, um, actually explained it so well with the, the kicking and the board breaking and he, you know his explanation of it was just focus on your foot not striking the boards but passing through them and coming through on the other side and you know as a result of that you know i could break five or six boards and without spacers and you know this was a thing that was you know it was a measurable like i said some sort of feedback that that this was in fact working because you know simple physics tells you that you you know the, the ball of your foot shouldn't be able to accomplish something like that especially at head height or whatever it was so, you know, to the guys that say there is no such thing or, or you know, they, they're skeptical of these uh, of these concepts. You know, I think that's a, a good rudimentary explanation of the ye in its simplest form. Yeah, that's a great example, the, the board breaking. Thank you. Um, yeah, and, and thanks for bringing up the, the part about, you know, how you can. Uh, be skeptical about this, and that's fine. Healthy skepticism is a very good thing. Um, the exercises that we have and that we'll be doing at the gathering uh, during the workshop for this are very practical and physical in nature uh, to a degree where you are going to know that you are doing what I'm helping you learn to do, and there's going to be no doubt about it. This is not magical, mystical, crazy stuff. There's going to be real physical manifestation of, of what you're doing that you're going to be able to feel, uh, and that's the beauty of it. And then it's up to you how far you want to take it, um, you know, so thank you. Uh, Art, you just want to... Um, well, 
I, I was going to just bring up um, non-contact healing, sort of, and, and see if that was a legitimate use. Um, just uh, yeah, the fogong qigong, uh, where you're working on the wei qi field, right? Which we do that workshop twice a year. It's a very popular one because people. You know, when they haven't seen it, haven't experienced it, they tend to go, what? You're not touching the person. What's going on? Okay, this is some kind of hocus pocus. And then when they come in and do the workshop and we guarantee it, um, they cross an area where there's something going on, whether that be arthritis or some, you know, depending on what's what the person's health conditions are. And they go, oh, I felt that. Right. And so it's and so it's that sensitivity. And then we're learning how you're learning how to focus your mind and, and your physical actions to follow it. And so the chi as well, all that anyways. And then you're manipulating the stuff. So, yes, it is a thing. Go ahead. Well, and I was actually um, thinking more and this gets a little farther out, perhaps, as far as people's normal experience and frame of reference, the uh, you're just matching body state with someone. What the, the practice of matching body state, where one would, could, for example, just stand a few feet apart from someone, and um, I uh, sort of, I, I guess, use my my e to um, match the body state of the other person and feel feel issues that way and get sort of a sympathetic pain, I guess yeah, you could yeah. say sympathetic pain, pain in the elbow, they're just matching what the other person has. And then I can um, just ease, ease that out with a, a, a breath method on myself to take it out or manipulate it off myself. And that will um, resolve the issue with the other person also. Um, mm -hmm. I've been yeah, working yeah. on that and finding find that um, yeah, so you're having to use your E first to match up to the person because you're actually using it to feel, am I, am I connected like that and am I in the proper placement where that connection has been made and your E will inform you on that. And then you're saying you're also using it like in terms of the pulling and the breath and all of that, then to manipulate whatever's going on there to have an effect. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit more profound and obviously most people aren't going to believe that without having experienced it themselves but it is something like you said we do that workshop twice a year so it's it's and i do a money back guarantee on it it will do the kinds of things you might not be great at it yet because it's first time through but you will absolutely experience it and all those things so it's all good and actually i just i just wanted to mention that because i've been working on that skill in particular uh, as much as i can sort of and developing it and I know it's like, um, as, as Harry mentioned, Jim, um, have a healthy skepticism, but, um, and even I, I, I'm sort of in awe myself that I can do it and say, wow, did I really do that? When the person says, hey, that feels better, but um, just I practice that and um, mm -hmm. just wanted to mention it. Thank you. Thank you, Art. One of, one of the things that I would mention that uh, for those of, that don't have any experience with this sort of thing and ever feeling it, and what Art just talked about might seem like, yeah, right, you can do that. So to help understand that, one of the examples I like to give is you have the really upset child, and they're all hyper, and then you have the mom 
who takes that child and goes, come here. And she uses her body and her calmness and it transfers over to the child over, you know, a minute or two. I think every single person on this call can identify with that. It's a very similar thing because the vibratory quality of the mom and her body state and all that is going to help bring that child down. Yes, Sifu. Well, I was going to tell you too, as a parent, one of the early lessons that hopefully somebody teaches you as a parent, and we got this, is that when you see the boo-boo and the whatever and harm and whatever else is going on, there's a tendency as a parent, especially as a new parent, to go, ah! And if you do that, the kid freaks out. <laughs> and so they're like, do not do that. Like if they've got a bone sticking out, you're like, oh, okay, honey, you got a little boo-boo. We're going to take a drive now. And it's that, not, ah! <laughs> because the kid will freak out too. And you're, not, you're trying right. to have the kid not freak out. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, that just brings it to a real life thing that I think every single person can identify with. So you can take it further. And that's with the, the type of training uh, that we have and that Sifu offers. Thank you. That's great, Aaron. Excellent. Um, uh, thank you, Harry. Excellent analogy. I appreciate that. Yeah. So Michigan. Mark, oh, I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> well, Art kind of stole my answer, but um, oh, okay, well. I, I could potentially piggyback off that right oh, now. Oh, sure. Okay. Sure. So one one of the um, one of the things Art mentioned was the ability to manipulate energy in yourself and with your mind and move it and um, and you know do different things with it and so well, that's one of the things that we do in our training is if we take a little too much of a thunk somewhere or we've got a little bit of a residual energy kind of stuck in us we train to use our minds to move that and blow it out um, and get it out of your body and so that's something that you can do and literally feel the effect of like in real time. Um, and so, you know, people want to kind of argue sometimes, well, is it really happening or is it some kind of a self-hypnosis thing or what? To a certain extent, I don't care because you were in pain and now you're not. And so right. it worked, whatever the mechanism is. But one of the other games, this is, this is where I'm going to piggyback off of that concept for a second. One of the other games that we've developed um, among the students in the school is that we will use our E to put in a specific kind of energy or quality of energy into a hit, have the other person, have the person who received the hit, we'll do this like in groups of three. So one person will put in the hit with a certain quality of energy. The person <laughs> who took the hit will blow it out onto the hand of the third person. And the third person has to tell what quality the energy was in the hit. And what we found is that and what he means is, was it kind of a dull thud or was it sharp or was it like lingering or was it just like surface and these kinds of things? Or was it like a heavy kind of an energy or was it like, did he, did he have like a little bit of an electric jing on it or some, you know, those kinds of like different qualities of, of energy expressions. Um, and what we found is that for some of the, for most of the kind of basic ones, you can really feel it. Like you can really tell if they put it in with a little bit of an electric intention it feels like a like like licking a nine volt or something between your fingers. There's like an electric uh -huh. buzz there. If they hit with a heavy thunk, it feels like your hand went heavy. <laughs> it's like hard to hold up again, and you can really tell the difference. Um, you know, if you're if you're working on that skill, um, and that's been a fun game that we've used to to develop the e. And since he's talking about that, if somebody came back and said, "Well, that's not really so much. What's the difference? Whether which one you hit him with." At the basic level, I'd be like, ah, for a beginner, not much. You know, it's, it's hit them this way or hit them that way, whatever. 
uh, at the advance and the ability to perceive that, well, it's, it's, it's not any other thing other than you're working on your ability to perceive in your mind, you know, building your mind skill. Uh, you get a little further down the road there, though, and it starts to get where there's some pretty cool applications of all that. But it's not right away, and it's not, um, you know, and all that, just so that you know. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Mark, up in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, you know, I, I really, I, I marvel at the e-skills. They just kind of are uh, like it's time to give me pause. Like I'll stop and think about some of the, something odd that happens in class, and you're like, "Wow," you know. And a lot of times, it's stuff that's uh, if the other person is conscious and aware, is perceivable. You can you can compare and contrast, and they can feel the difference. And so, for example, uh, um, I struggle a little bit with with drawing people forward and push hands drawing them towards you yeah drawing them toward me i, I struggle with that and, okay. and i'm pretty sure it's probably some kind of mental aspect you know what i mean mm -hmm. some kind of thing i need to need to work on more sure. but uh struggling with it and uh what i ended up doing like like if you feel you know you use your ting and you you find a uh a tight spot or an injury in their body and so if this is the injury for example and this is the front of the injury. Yeah. What I did, because I was just struggling, I wasn't getting that thing where I could pull on it, is I was, what I did is I started to take my mind intent and feel around the injury all the way around it. And then what I found is I found there was a weakness in the back, kind of at an odd angle. And so instead of pulling, I pushed from behind. From the back, yeah. Back. And that totally worked. And it created a weird effect for them because they couldn't perceive it because it was behind them. Yep. So um, that's like a very concrete thing that they could perceive and I and vocalize when I asked them, what did you feel? That's what because they, they started moving forwards before I before I drew on <laughs> or pulled on them, you know. Yep. And uh so it's, it's, and you know, you could go on this all day, all sorts of, you know, everything from very concrete to things that are sound kind of, kind of wild and out there, you know, Not um, I, was, I, was, <laughs> uh, I was doing the Fagong healing Fagong uh, on ice. Um, and the, uh, I was doing the La Chi where you, she sits yeah. and you work on the hand. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden I got about, three minutes in and the cat runs up and jumps on her lap and doesn't curl up and go to sleep. She sits on the edge of her lap and just leans in and stares at me really hard. And then she started purring really loud. And when I expanded my mind intent out to kind of feel inside my wife, the cat, all of a sudden her eyes like darted up like this, like she perceived something <laughs> to see it. And then she proceeded to try to squeeze my wife out. She tried to squeeze in between my hands and squeeze her out. Wow. So just an unusual little side thing that was kind of funny. But uh, I'm kind of, it's kind of like I'm the cat whisperer now a little bit. The cat like <laughs> seeks me out and follows me around. And actually, <laughs> what we've been talking here 
the cat has been crying at me off and on because she wants she wants to sit on my lap. She's like all over me, you know, since yeah. since we did the other day. So and it'll die off. She loses interest eventually. But this has happened before that kind of <laughs> idea where they look up and it's weird, you know. But uh, it was interesting. You know, I and I haven't played with it with her yet, but she was like she looked right where my mind intent had expanded out, and she was like darting, probably because it was like all around her. You know what I mean? Just odd, but interesting. This stuff is so interesting to me, you know? Thank you, Mark. Mm -hmm. All right. Favorite e-skill, Sheila. Yeah, uh, Mark, I've seen some of that in my dogs as well. They love to be around if I'm helping someone out with the fogong and they'll come and lay down close to us while we're doing our, our Tai Chi class as well. Um, and I can testify, Art, you are effective because Art has done that technique with me. <laughs> but I'm going to go all the way back to what Daniel said about um, Ting. And specifically Ting as an additional bridge to other people. Um, the way Ting helps you in Fagong, the way Ting helps you in communication. And to give another example, like Harry was saying, what people listening to this call can relate to, I think probably everybody at some point has been thinking about someone they haven't seen for a while and saying, gosh, I really need to talk to so-and-so. And all of a sudden the phone rings and it's them. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's such a coincidence. Like, no, it's not a coincidence, not so much, right? So these things do happen and we tend to be uh, skeptical, but um, the training with Ting and G-Skills helps you to understand the mechanism behind why those things happen. And so that, that to me has been the most interesting because it, it really can strengthen, like me as, as someone who practices the Fagong and also as a teacher, I can reach out and see what's going on with my students and it helps me be a more effective teacher. And like Daniel says, it's like if, if you pointed something out to a student on a few occasions, eventually they start, they start thinking like, how do you, what's going on? And then that's the moment to sort of introduce the concept and, and explain to them that they also, you know, can achieve those things. So it's been a great journey. And I really appreciate the support that Harry has given all of us. And, you know, from my point of view in particular, um, it's one of the aspects of COVID that has been, you know, beneficial as opposed to negative. So um, thank you, Sifu and everyone that we've all collaborated with each other on this skill and it's been super interesting. Yeah. Thank you, Sheila. That's one of the wonderful things that, you know, maybe those that are listening or watching this podcast don't realize is every one of us on this call, we really do have a bond. There's a friendship um, and we work together and it's, it's a wonderful group to be involved with. And um Come meet us at the gathering. I don't mean to turn it into a commercial, but holy cow. Yeah, first weekend of June. Um, IGgathering.com. Check it out. We'd love to have you if you're a teacher and have some have some skills there that that you know that are good for a gathering of uh, educated folks to pick up on or a certain nuance or take on things. Uh, we're getting close to being filled up this year already. Uh, if not, if we are not filled up already, but definitely ask us about, um, you know, submit to us what you would like to teach and what it is, and we'll take it into consideration. Um, and we're always looking to get 
um, you know, to have it so that it's a very full experience. And, um, and you'll see that and that um, there won't be, the only thing you won't see for the most part at our event is there's not a lot of uh, fluff Tai Chi, you know, like wave your hands around in the air and oh, that's my, you know, it's, it's, it's really is something that most people, if they're familiar with the stuff, and they, either they've had a good teacher or good teachers, or they've read a lot of books where they're talking about more in-depth principles and concepts and aspects of the art. Um, it's not it's not so much just do more form moves. We're we're not really about that so much. We're really wanting people to get the benefits and a lot of different kinds of benefits of Tai Chi. You'll leave the weekend with a whole different perspective if you if you've not been around advanced a, a lot of advanced practitioners well this discussion is a great example i mean harry this is actually harry's workshop at mm -hmm. the tai chi gathering is he is going to be teaching on e-skill and how to perceive inside a body and how to feel other people's minds that way um and their mind intent that way and that's uh that's one of the 13 workshops that we have lined up so far for the event so um yeah. Uh, you know, absolutely, um, you know, for, uh, for teachers who have anything to contribute in that vein or, or you know, want to even just float a suggestion, want to participate, please reach out for, but for students especially, there's going to be more really excellent Tai Chi in one place like this and, you know, and on other similar topics um, that, at the Tai Chi gathering than I think you can get anywhere else. So, you know, if you're a Tai Chi enthusiast, even absolutely, you know, check out TaiChiGathering.com and join us. It's a truly international event. We've got Sheila Bell coming from Costa Rica, um, and we have others uh, who have said that they want to come from all over the world. <laughs> at yep. this point. Uh -huh. and, uh, um, how, how close is Peru to you, Sheila? South, isn't it? Peru is south of you, right? It's it's further than you might think. It is, but it's yeah, it's. It's pretty way south. <laughs> but uh, well, that, uh, is it the neighbor? It's closer to me than it is to you. <laughs> is true? No, we are between Panama and Nicaragua. Oh, oh, okay. So Peru. we're above the equator. Peru is below the equator. Um, oh, yeah, of course. And you I, have to go through Colombia and. I just saw it in my head on a map. Yeah, there's several stuff. Yeah, no. Um, well, anyway, yeah. we just had someone from. It's Peru. further than you think. Say that they wanted to come and we've got others so uh you know tai chi gathering.com check it out join join the fun and in case it's not obvious uh no tai chi politics all lineages all styles all skill levels are totally yep. welcome yep okay yeah uh, and that's part of the thing with the teachers too is that we've got three teachers coming from different uh lineages right now that are not part of that aren't clear tai chi for that exposure and exchange um and if we've got somebody that's got a specific you know different tai chi or a different take on the tai chi uh whether that be through a style or a teacher or methods that you're teaching that you're getting you know that are that are, again are quality in terms of what you're getting and doing um we're all about um you know doing that and so we've got at least three four four different ones right now uh, that are included in what we're doing and we're trying to make sure we get that so that you get a really good exposure to, to Tai Chi at a real level but again made palatable made so that you can digest it at whatever level of skill and wherever you're coming from and see how that and most of the skills 
that are these internal skills like this, it won't matter what style you're doing, it applies right. because it really is Tai Chi that all of the styles do it, although they each have their own ways and their different methods and all that stuff and no politics to that. Um, I love Tai Chi. I'm not married to, uh, you know, the lineages or, or any specific lineage or anything like that. I studied myself from like half a dozen different lineages uh, over the 40 years or so, and I like them all. Great. Thank you, Sifu. All right. So uh, one more, your favorite e-skill, Phil. Wasn't that what we just did? Yeah, he has an answer oh, yet. Oh, Phil, oh, I see. So one, one more. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so I would, I, I guess I'm repeating myself here, but but certainly right now, the thing that I've just come to deal with and I'm exploring is, is the inner smile. So that's been very cool. And then one thing I've worked with more particularly with beginners, which uh, to introduce them to the whole thing of energy. And I think this is a geek skill is the taking an energy ball and juggling it. Yep. So you take the energy ball and you can bounce it between your hands and you can move it up your shoulder and then around your back to your other hands. And then you can give it to another person and they can do the same thing and they can pass it back to a third person and then you can move it all around the room and bring it back to the original person. And it's, it's something that um, many people can do with very, very little training. And it just opens up all of the issues of energy um, in a very tangible way, very quickly. So that's something I have really enjoyed teaching. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Um, I'll uh, share mine. Uh, I have the same difficulty as everyone. I remember Daniel's first reaction to this was, oh my gosh, where do you begin with what is my favorite e-skill? Because there's so many. And, and actually, that's one of the things. Uh, a good while ago, uh, Sifu had said to me, Harry, what if I had you write a list of all the e-skills that you currently have at your level of training? And I'm like, oh yeah, I could write down a few. And I'm like, no, it's not going to be a few. That's going to be a dozen. Oh no, that's not gonna be a dozen. That's gonna holy cow, I could probably write maybe a hundred different things that I could do with e-skill or whatever. And and it keeps going. Holy cow. Um, so um I love the healing side, but I have to admit, you know, I love push hands. So one of my favorite things to do with e-skill is to put my mind where I feel, so Ting is involved where I feel my training partner or opponent is generating their power from. Also, perhaps where they have some tensions, some blockages, things of that sort. And this is not to be confused with me saying, hey, I'm going to stop you with my magic e-skill. It absolutely is not that. But when you add e-skill on top of Lee, your physicality, that tips the balance. So I have a student, uh, an opponent, a partner, whoever trying to push me. And when I've put my mind in those various spots through the training that we have learning to do that, and it makes it that much easier to just stop them in their tracks without me uh, doing pretty much anything. And now 
my students are doing it to each other. And it's awesome watching that. Holy cow. And then it, it does go some places when a student is doing it to me. Um, and, and, they'll, and they can catch me now too, which is great because um, they'll think they have their mind completely in my body. And I'll say, oh, you forgot my wrists and my fingers. And I move them from there um, because they're, they're blanketing you with their mind. So it goes all sorts of places. And um, the, the uh, exercises that we'll be doing at the gathering are going to show you how to uh, train to do that. So I'll pick that as my favorite e-skill. Now, I can't wait to hear Sifu Clear's favorite e-skill. <laughs> so I had one that I was going to say, and then you, I, I got so busy listening to you guys, it kind of, I forgot it. And so... Um, His favorite e-skill is a sharp mind. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, I think one of the ones I like the best is when I'm monitoring somebody with my mind, what's going on inside of them, and or if I'm in the room and there are several people practicing and they start to have a difficulty or they get locked up or jammed up somewhere somehow. And I'm like, if you will relax and I'll actually touch that part inside of them and they're like, you know, because they can feel it. And then they're like, what's, and I'm like, relax, relax, do what I'm telling you. And I'll actually cause it to dissolve or do an adjustment like that. And then they'll, then they'll follow suit and that kind of thing. So I, I just like the, the responses that you get from people when you're doing that, especially when it's not, okay, we're going to do this thing and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. You know, it's not that it's more like, Hey, you're literally stalking, you're stopped up in your hips, relax that. Yeah, that was some of it more, more, more. Okay, now it's in your lower back, and you got, and they're like, it is in my lower back. How did you know that? Because I can feel it. And I'm in their mind actually helping to make the, the adjustment in terms of just what they're doing for physically standing there to be in proper uh, body qualities for what Tai Chi is doing and feeling the insides of them doing that. And the other one is if one of you, and I've had different ones of you guys call me and do this, where you'll be asking me something and it's about something physically you're doing and I'll feel you, like you said, through the phone. And then it's like, wait a minute, is that you? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and I'll be like, so I'm gonna change that now and I'll change it. And usually through the phone, I get, holy shit, you know? And, and, uh, and then it's like, yeah, relax and do what you're working on there. And then, you know, and then, okay. And then they don't get that response when somebody's felt that a number of times. Usually that first time or two, it's, it's, it's quite um, entertaining. And so you ask my favorite skill, that's why. <laughs> so, that's yeah, awesome. Better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Thank you, Sufu. Jeez. Excuse me a minute. I could, I'd like to mention something that I think is sort of along the line Sifu was talking about, but not, not as directed. Um, and I hope this is appropriate and doesn't take too long. But I was, I was at a workshop and I was working with some people and one person was having a little bit of trouble getting a particular technique, I think, right. You know, a good, martial, good practitioner, everything, you know, no problem there, but just had a problem with, with technique. And, and so I, I, my idea was, well, as he's gone through it, I'll go through it and just try to connect with him and sort of help him with E, um, perform the uh, 
the, the technique. And, and I did that and, and I think it worked. You seemed to think it helped a lot. And um, just, I, I did that and I thought that was, uh, Sifu Clear's comments made me think of that. Yeah. Nice. Thank you, Art. Um, okay. Uh, I, I don't know how much time we have. I have a few more questions. I'm feeling like I should. Pretty close um, to it. Yeah. So, all right. Two more questions. How's that? Is that good? Can we blow through? Okay. Do you have an interesting or fun e-skill story? Something you have experienced? Daniel. Hmm. <laughs> I think I already showed that on my last, last one okay. for teeing. Yeah, um, that'll work. Yeah. The only I'll other thing. So we can move okay. along. Yeah. All right. I'm Thank you, Daniel. Art, anything uh, from you? I'm going to say that for mine on that too, what I just told you, that's specifically that's happened. for you. With a number okay. of you, and that would be mine as well. Gotcha, well, Art. That makes that easy, quick and easy. Art? Th th this involves a remote fire gong healing technique. Um, and I was, you know, I had a remote a session set up with someone where I wasn't right nearby, but was connected bodily or physically, spiritually, and I was scanning him. And, and then I said, um, well, you, what, what, what is the matter with your right wrist? And he said, oh, my, my watch is too tight. I, I had my watch on this morning and I was, it was bothering me and I thought I should have taken it off or shifted it or something. But um, so that, I thought that was sort of amusing and interesting. Love it, love it. <laughs> uh, Mark, uh, interesting or fun e-skill story, something you've experienced? I, I th yeah, kind of, kind of a, it's a little bit funny. So um, the first uh, first time I met Sifu Clear was at one of those uh, three-day workshops. Or no, two-day, two-day workshops. Two-day workshops. Two-day for, so it would have been Fogung, it would have been something else. Oh, one of the ones that I came and did in Michigan. Traveling, yeah. Station. It's just I'm there for the weekend teaching and, and like that. Yeah, okay. Kind of almost like introductory. It's almost like you're going, hey, this is what this is. And... Uh, you had done a thing where you uh, you used your your E and you you had somebody hold their hands up in a fighting position. Yeah. You connected to them and drew their their hands down. Yeah. You pulled their hands down from maybe five or six feet away, right? Yeah. And so you were walking around at one point after you taught something else, and I said, "Hey, can you do that to me?" Cause I wanted to see, I want to feel it, see what, it, what was going on and you could do it. And I could feel kind of what the sensation was. And, uh, so, oh, maybe two years later, um, I had just one student who had showed up cause we had the COVID thing going on and we're at the end of class. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to try that. I'm just curious. Cause I've been <laughs> thinking about it in my mind, how it would have worked. Right. Yeah. And so I said, okay, hold your guards. I'm just going to experiment. Hold your hand up. Don't let me, don't, I'm going to try to pull your, Pull your hands down with my mind, you know, ha, ha, ha. Just stand there and don't, don't let your hands fall, right? And uh, so I start working on them, doing the, you know, connecting to them and trying to draw the arms down. And uh, I, I tried multiple ideas on them. And we got about two minutes in and I'm like, uh, I'm thinking, okay, it didn't, it didn't look like it was working, right? And, uh, and so I go, okay, I said, 
let's process this. Did, what did you feel? Did you feel anything? And they go like this. They go, oh, oh. And they had been fighting to the death not to drop their hands. And they actually had, had wedged their elbows on the sides of their body. You keep them up. <laughs> but they just like almost yeah. collapsed on their face. <laughs> wow. And so, uh, so then, you know, uh, I, what I did was I did it again knowing that, you know, they would wedge up or whatever. And then I, I walked up and I lightly touched them and their hands fell down. So adding the physical component. So it'd be a, that there is a, there is a usefulness to that. Even if you can't pull it down with your mind. But that kind of thing them. is lines of defense. And if somebody thinks they're just going to use empty force and that's their only line of defense, I'm like, you know, that's just not very smart. You know, the, uh, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want the ability to do it. Sure. But mm -hmm that rely on just that there's no modern warfare or even ancient warfare of any kind where they relied on one thing um even in a fist fight i mean you're relying on you know that it might be punching you know it might be elbows and knees you know it might involve some grappling and on the ground and and just whatever you know that it's a full range and complement of skills not just one not i've got this great punch and it's only that punch and nothing else but the punch and if the punch my arms hurt or something. I'm I'm completely out of luck. I don't know anybody that does that. That doesn't mean there's not somebody somewhere on the planet doing it, but it would be unusual and not very smart. Yeah. Most it was impressive outcome though. Yeah. Literally, almost with like two fingers, yeah. if their hands drop, they can't. You know what I mean? Cool. So yeah. Huh. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. Uh, Sheila, are you there, Sheila? Never know. Yep. There's I'm leaving my camera off. My Wi-Fi seems a little weak. I okay. apologize if this is stuttery. Are you hearing me okay? It sounds just fine. Oh, good. Okay. So um, I have two examples that are kind of related of a situation of direct transmission, um, which I would consider to be ye, particularly in the second case. In the first, it was at the family gathering last year that Steve Robertson passed the um, soft energy that he had received from Uncle Bill. And we all received that. Um, and that, that was pretty impressive to me that it was simply a touch, right? Um, and then the other case was receiving the vibrational palm energy from Sifu Clear. That was, a, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. You said Steve Robertson did what exactly? He gave us, gave us the soft energy that he had received from Uncle Bill. We taught you how to work with soft energy. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes. So that was his workshop. Uh, the other occasion was um, vibrational palm energy from you, Super Clear, when we did the advanced Bagong workshop. And that was completely without touch. And so to receive a direct trans transmission like that without touch, to me, it was... That's one of my favorite um, experiences related to this topic. So thank you. All right. Thank you, Sheila. Uh, and Phil, did you have one to uh, contribute? I think uh, I sort of covered it before. You, so you did. You did. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. So then final question. Um, have you found things in your daily life where e-skill comes in handy? Daniel? Hmm. 
you have the hardest one because you're well, the first. <laughs> uh, well, oh, it, there's so many things I could say. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pick one. I would continue on with the thing that it's it's useful in being able to, I don't know, read other people's intent. It's easy. Uh, it's useful to. I would say that with the ting and the e-skill, it helps you to meet people where they are, whether it be just in conversation or in building relationships or in uh, healing or pretty much any aspect of life that you can interact with another human being. Helps you to meet them where they are and uh, have a deeper level of empathy, Mm. for lack of a better way to put it. That's a great skill. Yeah. Nice. Thank you. Uh, Art? If you want to unmute. Um, yes, I, I right off, I can't really come up with anything in a day-to-day sense where I, I use the e-skill. I, you know, I work on it for, for Fagong, uh, Tai Chi, and energy things. Um, and maybe I'm just, you know, not not thinking of a use of it or take it for granted, but um, I'm getting, yeah, I'm guessing you use e-skill for things and you're, you don't realize you are taking some things for granted. I'm almost certain. Let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about that part. So to give you an idea, if you have a piece of, if you're threading a needle, small thread, small needle eye, you're most likely using E to do that. If you played pool and you're skillful at it, skillful at it being things like, do I want the ball to go over and hit the other, the cue ball and hit, let's say you're hitting the eight ball and do I need it to stop? You know, let's, let's say you're playing in a, a game where you're, where you're hitting the one ball. Let's, let's say it that way. So you're taking the cue ball and you're hitting the one ball and you're going to need to hit your next ball next. So do I need it to stop? Do I need it to roll through or do I need the ball to back up? And some of that's going to be the English, the angle and the position that you're hitting at. And some of that is your mind intent at the point where you're hitting the ball, as opposed to your mind being back here where you have a hold of the stick. It's going to be out there in order to do that. And that's a real practical, direct application. And how, and if you're doing that well and correctly, it's going to make a big difference in where you place that ball and where it ends up for your next shot. Because you put the you put that mind in there to to get the physical aspects happening in the way that produce the result you're after. The same thing is gonna be true for um, fishing. If you fish and you've ever really been, and you're decent at catching fish, or you see somebody who is, where's their mind at? It's on the line in the water. It's not up here at the stick. I can tell you that anybody that does this on a stick, their, their normal experience of fishing, unless they're got a special, you know, unless they're very fortunate is you've done this. Yes, Bill. Bill's laughing. Yeah. No, I'm just laughing. I'm such a bad fisherman. Now I know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, if your mind's on the stick and you're holding on to the stick, you're not, you're not responsive. You know, you pulled the hook right out of the fish's mouth and all the rest of that. And, and those kinds of things. Um, that's why the fishermen drink all the beer. They need to free their minds. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, and so there's that. If you've done anything that involves some kind of a skillful, uh, when you play Jenga, mm-hmm. you're using e-skill. Your mind is getting in there. Or if it's not, you're the one that's probably toppling the blocks. Right? 
So there's all sorts of things like that where it really does having that more advanced e-skill is going to be really noticeable. If you're on skates, you're using e-skill in order to and can skate a bit to get around, or you're not. <laughs> but but your e-skill is being brought into play there for, for doing that. Now, when somebody gets super used to an activity, even to open a doorknob, people use e-skill or to walk in the beginning when we were when we were little, or when you have to, if you had something happen, you had to learn to walk again kind of like the kill bill thing there with the toe. Um, but people get so used to the activity and doing things, they forget about it and they don't think about it anymore. But but take your your pen and put it on the paper and think about drawing something that is going to be skillful that that or or specific that you're not used to doing and that and that you're trying to get levels of depth on the paper and levels of gradient and different kinds of aspects where, it's, where you really got to be very, very precise and in there, and you're going to end up, most people, most of the time, using, or if you've got e-skill training, using e to do it, even though you wouldn't think of it that way. So those are some examples. Art, with that kind of in mind, what, what would you say now? Well, um, I would say yes, and the, uh, the example of threading the needle brought to mind not particular events right off, but cases of hand-eye coordination, um, sort of physical skill, doing something without concentrating on every step, but just sort of relaxing and going through the process of doing it. If, if something along those lines qualifies like that, um, I, I guess where, again, it's not, it's not focus, 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 but Focus, relax, and and do sort of just you know yeah. Um, but I, I can't be more specific than that at this point. No examples come to mind exactly. Hammering or pulling nails, um, where you really have we're working maybe in tile or something, where if you do it with a little bit of haphazardness or even just your minds off a bit, you're destroying what you're working in and around, and you've got to be in there specific and carefully you know, like that, but you're really doing it with the mind in there like that. And there's a bunch of other examples, but, right. but yeah. and I hope things that we strive to do is to make all these things super practically, simply everybody has done it before or can do it. And then where does that go in advanced practices and in Tai Chi trend and then the, um, and then the Qigong and all that. Sorry, go ahead, Eric. I was just going to say, Art, I hope you're using a little bit of e-skill when you get behind the wheel of your car. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> oh, you made it from D.C. all the way to New Jersey a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, so. I know. Oh, especially <laughs> New Jersey and New York City. Oh, good Lord. Whew. Anyway. Eight, ten lanes of traffic stop both directions. Yeah, there you go. Oh, boy. Anyway. All right. Thank you. Uh, Mark, uh, daily uses of e-skill in regular life? Not that Tai Chi isn't regular life for us, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or it should be, right? <laughs> yeah, the, uh, you know, I, I've been lazy about it since the lockdown stuff. But before the lockdown, I was really focusing when I would learn a skill into trying to do it like in everyday life and juggling skills. And so, oh. um, I like, if you go out, let's say you go out to grocery shop, that's a good one. If I go out to grocery shop or you go out in stores and stuff. I would practice while you're getting groceries, 
using my ting to basically scan people as I would walk through stores. As you'd walk by them, I'd scan them and go, oh, their hip is out of place. That's why their their right foot angles out, out instead of being square. And, and you really become aware. Uh, there's certain commonalities I found where uh, males, the older they are, it's very common that the right leg will turn out and it's the hips. One is tilted under, and I'm not sure it's almost always the right leg. It's almost always the right leg. And then women, very common as they get older, both feet turn out. And I'm guessing it has to do with maybe childbirth, the stress on the hips, but younger people don't have it so much. And then over time, it's the, the older they are, the more pronounced it is. And it's very consistent. Wow. Um, just from walking through the store, the grocery store, for, for a couple of months, scanning people. And uh, another thing is, uh, it's something to be careful of, is uh, I was applying it to everyday things. Like, so if you walk in a store, if they don't have the automatic door, but you know, like a push door where you push to get in, like, the, you know, um, I was, you know, practicing dropping my root and using my, you know, trying to ting the door, right, and stuff. Uh-huh. And, you know, to, to t- how can I use as little force as possible to open the door, right? And, every, and it, would be, it would be all right, but every so often, you know how you're, you're, you're busy? You, you, you're trying to get something done, you're in a hurry, and it's kind of become second nature to do it. If I wasn't paying attention, I had a couple instances where I thought I broke a door. <laughs> it like boom, it flew open and slammed. Everybody looks at me like, like I'm having a, a a fit of rage. Do you know what I mean? It's it's kind of a, but it's because I I think it's because I wasn't paying attention. It happened naturally and it was quick. The application was quick. Do you know what I mean? Sure. But uh, but those are kind of and, and so I don't know how handy this is right now, but I could see where it'd be handy later. These things. I've been sure. trying to think of how to you know you know implement them. In daily life. Okay. Thank you. So, yep. Cool. Um, Sheila, daily life, e-skill. <laughs> yeah. So I love this question because actually this is the topic that I want to share with people at the gathering is how you bring your Tai Chi into daily life. And I think Daniel answered very well. I think everybody's answering very well, but I really related to what Daniel was saying, but um as Mark was talking just now, it reminded me of something. I, I, I literally ripped a piece off my car the other day because I wasn't paying attention. Oops. I'm sure it wasn't just from my, my hand, right? Um, still, the so there had to be some use. Right? Oh, no, it was, it was the little sort of decorative piece that's on the back latch to open the hatch in the back. Oh, yeah. Um, Luckily, I had some duct tape handy, so I just slapped that puppy right back on. But for those of you who don't know, we have a chocolate shop here in Costa Rica. And so I spend a lot of time in the chocolate shop. And we actually sell a couple of sort of specialty high-end lemonades. Um, But the guy who makes them for us, he puts the lids on really tightly. And I can struggle all I want to open those. And I don't get anywhere until I start using my E with a little coil on it and then they just spin right off. And so I do that on a daily basis just to get things open. You know, that typical thing where the lady's like, well, you help me open this jar. I don't ask anybody for help anymore, but I do have to put a little E coil in it. 
Um, and then the other, this is, this is a little more specific, but um, to temper chocolate, you have to be very sensitive to temperature ranges. There's five different crystal shapes and you only want the fifth one. And so it's, it's, it's pretty sensitive and tricky. And it's not only about the temperature, it's also about the movement and the motion you put into the, the liquid chocolate uh, before you put it into the mold to get it to temper correctly. And I have found there is a distinct difference in the product that I can make if I have my yeast, my yeast skills on or off as far as the sensitivity oh, yeah. to where that product is at as I am producing it. And the, all of the items that we have in the store are handmade. And we have looked for people specifically that do have, you know, that spark in their skill of, of really producing something unique and interesting because they love what they are doing. So I think that's the key. If you really like, like uh, Phil's smile, you know, the internal smile, if you love what you're doing and you're putting your mind and your heart into it as you are working, you're always going to get a better product. And so that's, in my opinion, how the yeast skill comes into everyday life. Wow. I love the very specific examples. That is great. And I can't wait to visit your chocolate shop. <laughs> Thank you, Sheila. All right. Uh, next next uh, workshop in Costa Rica. Um, Phil, <laughs> daily uh, daily life with eSkill. Um, yeah, so I just go back to it again. So the inner smile is just something that works really well and really, per at best, it really pervades my entire day. And the other thing is I do some calligraphy. So I, I do some Chinese calligraphy badly. Um, but I do some Gothic uh, calligraphy. And um, it's fun because in the process, so I'm a physician and I naturally have really bad handwriting. Uh, <laughs> but uh, an antidote to that has been uh, learning calligraphy. And when I do calligraphy and really pay attention, then the handwriting is much better. In addition, the energy goes into the paper. And so you can feel yeah. the energy uh, in the paper uh, just as a you know skilled Chinese or Japanese calligrapher would, or as a skilled artist would. It just, the mind goes there and it's very cool. And, um, and then when you go around to an art, you know, if you go to a museum, you can feel the energy of art and a lot of times that's how people choose. They may not realize it, but that's how they choose a piece. Sure. You know, they can choose a piece because of the subject or the colors or one of, but I think a lot of times people choose pieces of art to buy and to hang because of the energy, even if they're not aware of the energy. And then occasionally in, an, in a museum, you'll find a dark piece of art where the topic and the colors are dark and it also has a foreboding energy. Yeah. I hadn't considered that. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. So you could, you know, certainly in an art museum or even through a magazine, you may find some stuff like that. Um, sure. But it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting way. It's a, another way to explore the, the world. So. What is Gothic calligraphy? Say again. What is Gothic calligraphy? Oh, uh, let me get an example of it. So there's italics and gothic's a little fancier. And I don't really do the true font. gothic. There's there's like a font. Say again? It's a, it's a font. Yes, right. Yeah. It's a style. 
Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a style. But anyway, so I, I kind of do a hybrid. I, there, there are a couple of letters that are too too difficult, so I fall back on italics. But <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, finally, Matt, uh, do you uh, want to share an example? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, e skill. I don't have to try to find ways to use it in my daily life the better i get with it the more it just you know i'm just using it for stuff and you know and and it's just easier to do but um one of the one of the most recent ways i have had to use my e-skill um was you know e has to do with intention um and as daniel said the ability to make choices um, and, uh, and a lot of people have pointed out that it's related to perception and along all of those lines, you can intend or choose to perceive something extra, extra. You can also intend or, or choose not to perceive something. And so, um, the other day I was working, trying to work, um, and someone came up and sat down in the chair next to me and did their best to take all of my time and attention off of what I needed to be doing and get it all on them. And they were very vocal about it and very loud. And I was able to use my E to literally tune out everything they said and keep working so that by the time we got to the end of the conference, now, unfortunately, there's a downside to this is that I didn't, I truly didn't hear anything that was said. And so <laughs> there's, there Fortunately, that that particular time I got away with it, but there could have been problems that arose out of that. Um, uh, and, you know, and that and you got to be aware of that. But the, the point is, I was able to really successfully use my E to keep my attention and intention on what I was doing and remain focused on that and to literally not even hear what was being said to me. Like I heard noise but I wasn't processing any of it. I was just using my to tune it out and keep doing what I was doing. Um, That's an interesting example. And <laughs> yeah. I, one, I think a lot of people might be able to, to uh, deal with when they go back to the office, uh, if they have to, they're not working from home anymore. And right. Crazy corporate cubicle environments. Uh, and I nice. do actually play with that some on a fairly regular basis and have since I was a little kid, just when I'm sitting in restaurants, I like to like, if there's a crowded restaurant and a lot of noise going on. I like to tune into conversations and tune out the noise but be able to kind of move my in my intention and my perception around the room um yeah. game i've played with myself mm -hmm. ever since i was a little kid wow. uh, with the extra training that we do for e-skill that ability really stepped up in a noticeable way where i was able to use it the other day <laughs> nice um, so go ahead so Matt, I'm just I want to caution you that if uh, if you ever get married, don't use that skill on your wife. <laughs> uh oh, but oh, I was the tuning out. I don't talk and I don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Don't yeah, your, your wife will get you to absentmindedly agree to things when you're tuning her out. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that that will be really bad. That's the stuff she recorded when you just when you and you didn't realize where it came from, then you realized you were sleeping. You were just awake enough to be on the borderline of conscious. And is it okay if I do this? Uh, and you were on recorded. You, I've got, you said yes. <laughs> Matt, you just oh. marry somebody with good yeast skills and you guys won't have to talk at all. Ooh, nice. 
Oh boy. That's what uh, my parents were up to. All this time I thought they were mad at each other. They just had amazing connection with the Eagles. <laughs> Honestly, my oh boy. All right. Um uh, quickly one that I'll I'll share a very practical one is uh you get used to, especially through all of our push hands uh, practice that we do, um, feeling inside your own body. So Ting being a part of uh, the equation with your mind. And if uh, my lower back or a knee or a part of me is not happy or a little tight or whatever, I put my mind in it and I'm breathing through it or releasing it, dissolving it, dropping it into my root, whatever I need to do. So that's something I easily would do on a daily basis. Um, so there's a very practical example. Um, and then Sifu, I'll throw it to you, and and we're done uh, with this. Well, I do the one you just said for sure, okay. pretty much every day. And then, yep. um, and then Carly had got to the point where I taught her. I don't know what I was thinking to put her e into her yeah. finger, and she was coming up to us, me and him, uh, maybe one or two of the other senior students, <laughs> and being very quiet and then pow and it'd be like <laughs> they took a uh steel bar a steel bar and went crack and uh, and so we got we had to use our e-skill to feel her coming <laughs> and then the other way that you beat something like that is you have to have enough e-skill to negate it and so i found that we were building that skill up quite a bit for a little while there yeah <laughs> um, the, uh, and Carly, by the way, will be teaching on E at the gathering as well. Different aspects. Uh, it'll be different aspects. I mean, I could have four or five, six different people teaching it, and you wouldn't see the same thing twice easily. I mean, there's a lot to the subject. That's why we've gone as long as we have today, too. The, uh, but the uh, anyways, her topic will be that. And I've really got her doing it for understanding some different aspects of E and where your E is at on and in your body and what some of the effects of that actually are in real time. And so it should be interesting because it's, it's something that you could apply to a lot of really practical things in your life. Um, and so it's sort of simple in a way. And yet when you understand what's going on there, it's, it's, it gets pretty deep too, even though it won't appear that way from the instruction, which is important. We want it to be very digestible to you and, and easy to get and yet have what Tai Chi benefits really are. And so we're all coming from that place um, with that. Anyways, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Sifu. Oh, yeah. All thank right. you. Um, remember that if you're wanting to come and, and partake of some of this that, and then um, spend some time with some great folks for a great weekend of, of, from a bunch of different styles and a bunch of different backgrounds and, and meet the people if you've been watching our podcast here um, who are on the podcast and all that kind of thing, um, taichigathering.com and we hope to see you there and, and uh, next week we'll have um, Dana. Daniel Hill talking about his topic and um, all right. Thanks guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for participating here. Great, great discussion today. And thank you or next time. Good discussion. Thank you, Harry. Excellent. Thank you guys. Do it at the gathering. Oh yeah. Okay. See you next time. <laughs> Take care everybody. <laughs>